Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Morning. It is great to be with you all this morning. So I want to welcome you all to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ Sunday morning worship service. This is, if you are here this morning, understand, understand that you are a part of the first service uh, of the Kalamazoo Church of Christ that's meeting indoors. That is something, that's something special. That's something that's cool. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun as we grow and as uh, we, we change and uh, we grow older and uh, wiser. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be a, a bunch of fun uh, with you all. So we're so grateful that you're here this morning. Um, we're, we're going to dig into the Bible. You can, you can open up to Matthew 11. So we're, we're continuing our series that's called The Promises of God. And last week, you guys remember that we talked about the, the scripture that says, if you ask, then you'll receive. If you seek and you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open to you. And we said, well, that doesn't always seem to be true, right? Because sometimes when I ask God for certain things, it doesn't always happen. And where we landed was that God doesn't exactly answer every prayer, but he does answer, give all of the answers to the heart behind the prayer. And every single prayer, as selfish and messed up as it is, God, please let the Packers beat the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers today. That, that, that kind of prayer, it's rooted in something, and God is giving the answer for that. And, and so that's what we said, and we, we said the goal was to shrink the gap then between what we really are asking for and what we're just saying as we, as we pray and call out to God. Uh, today, we're going to look at uh, another super cool promise it's one that I think is really tough to put into practice or to understand, though. It's in, it's in Matthew 11. This is part of the, the coffee mug series of scriptures. This is the, you go to TJ Maxx, certainly if you go to Hobby Lobby, but you get a lot more spiritual stuff at Hobby. But if, even if you go to TJ Maxx, you can look at a coffee mug that probably has this, or you could maybe find it in a notebook or something like that where it has a nice cursive writing. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, I hope. Um, there, there's this, this scripture here. Um, it's in Matthew 11. This is a promise from God. We're going to figure out what it actually means or what it's talking about. Matthew 11 and verse 28, Jesus is speaking here. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus is saying, anyone who has burdens, and raise your hand if you've ever had burdens in your life, somehow. And raise your hand, perhaps there's burdens going on right now. And there's certainly, 
burdens that, that we all have to go through and face. And there's the, the struggle, the financial struggle that I, I think in just about any sphere that you're in, there's still, there's a security, but then there's also, I could lose my job tomorrow, especially in this time that we're in. And then there's relationship stuff where you're like, man, I, I have no idea. There's, there's dissonance or discord within relationships that were once so close to you and now they're not. And there, there's, this is a burden that, that on a day to day basis, it just eats at you. We all, we all have to go through all of that. And Jesus here is saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. How I read it is Jesus says, come to me, everyone. And he says that I am going to give you rest for your souls. That is such a cool promise, isn't it? That if we can get to a spot to find rest for our souls, to be able to breathe, and there's a heaviness that will no longer be there, that is, that is ideal. I think that's where we all want to get. That's, that's why I would put before you, that's probably why we're here this morning. And he's saying that, that take up my yoke. And so it's not talking about an egg, right? But he's saying that, that basically take up this instrument that would be used to uh, do work. If you're an animal, you kind of yoke to, and then they, they can plow or do, do some other kind of work. So he says, put down this thing and take up this thing. And this is the first point, I think, is we're going to try to understand what this actually means to, to basically to not be weary and burdened and to come to Jesus. I think the first point that we have to understand is that it's a trading of burdens, not a removal of them. It'd be easy. We'd, we'd love to, and it wouldn't be good for us, but we would love to, the, the idea of just removing all types of worries. I don't know if you guys, this is, I remember this was a few years ago. We, there was some, there was actually a couple that had gotten pregnant and then their points were going to expire for some kind of a cruise ship. And so they, she was past the age where, um, she couldn't basically go on this cruise ship. And so they offered us essentially a free cruise. We had to pay a small amount of money. Um, to go on this seven-day cruise. And they said, do you want it? We said, yes, of course we want it, right? And and I remember this, that, that was like, it was a fun seven days. You almost felt guilty, though, when there's being, there being no nothing to worry about. And actually, we didn't even pay for the phone service or anything, so we couldn't even say, oh, man, we don't, I wonder what's going on in the normal, like, everyday life, or I wonder who's texting me, or I wonder what problems we're leaving behind. It was before Jordan even, so we were just like, we're just, it's just me and Bianca, and we're just hanging out and chilling. Um, I think we'd all want that for a certain time, but there's no way that we can live like that for any length of time. And you can look at celebrities or those that have what seems to be all of what the world offers, and yet there they are. There's, there's still issues. There's still burdens. Can't get away from it for any length of time. But what we do then is the... What the Bible is teaching is to trade it and not remove it. Really, this promise, right? Jesus is saying, you trade in all this junk and all of the burdens and the all of this stuff, and instead exchange it for these burdens. And if you guys have read the Bible, I think, the, I mean, David talks about how his words are not burdensome. I don't always feel like the Bible's words are not burdensome. There's, there's, and this is my heart, but there's a lot of times where it's pretty difficult. In some ways, it's, it's actually more difficult to follow the Bible and to live like it than to not, right? There's a standard that, that's, that, that anyone who says they're a Christian has to hold themselves to. And so on the surface, what does this even mean then that my, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light? It's cool. There, there's, as I was trying to think about what, what does this look like? It's, 
it's like we've got this, at least what the Bible's saying, and then we're going to figure out why that's true, but what the Bible's communicating is that we've got this uh, busted up car that barely drives, and you got to put so much money into it, but you're kind of like pot invested at this point. You're like, man, I just don't want to not give up this car, whatever, and you put in money, and, and it works for a little bit just long enough to where you think, Oh man, maybe, maybe this, it got solved. And then, and then it breaks down again and it's rusted everywhere. And, and we're trading that in for like the most reliable car of all time and, uh, something that, that we never have to worry about at all. That, that's, that's this trade off that, but the car that we don't have to worry about at all, you still got to put gas in it, I think, right? Or you still have to, if it's a Tesla, fine. You still have to charge it or whatever, however you figure. You still got to do some stuff, but it's, it's way easier. Uh, we're going to look at the life of Paul to see how that could possibly be true. And just a little bit in the life of Paul here. It's in Acts 14. So I think about it, the load is lighter because the master has done all of the heavy lifting. It's really fun having kids in, the, in this group. I, I love it. It's, it is, it's awesome. It really is. Man, it keeps, it keeps us on our toes, doesn't it? So it says here, we're going to look at this right here from Paul's life to understand that certainly we, we can't remove all of our burdens, but we're going to trade them. And so Paul is probably, in my view, at least what we have written down in the Bible, maybe the best example of this, because he was somebody who went from persecuting Christians and being so against them to being somebody who was so connected and integral in the, the growth of Christianity. And so he made a massive transformation, certainly had these burdens, took them down and carried up some other burdens as well. But here we're going to, we're going to read a little bit. It's in, it's in Acts 14, verse eight. It says, in Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. I want faith to be healed and and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. He jumped up. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus and Paul, they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. So think about this scene that's building. And certainly you don't understand exactly what they're saying, but they're bringing people to see you. And maybe in Paul's view, I'm sure he's like, man, there's this, something's off. I don't know what it is. And then when he sees these, these animals being brought into sacrifice, I think he probably realized, oh, this is what the issue is. And, and, And so here, let's keep reading. But when the apostles Barnabas and Saul heard of this, they tore their clothes, rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go on their own way, go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heavens and crops and their seasons. He provided you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd 
from sacrificing to them. So the crowd is fired up and excited at this group, at these couple people. Then it says, then some Jews came from Antioch, and so they, they didn't have good success in Antioch and Iconium, and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. And so we, we've got this, it, it seems like a mess and extremely chaotic. And I'm sure if we're reading it 2,000 years later and thought it was chaotic, I can only imagine how chaotic it would have been in that moment that people are being brought, you hear of this, and then they think, man, they think we're gods. And you're saying, no way, we're not. And it, still, even in that point, the people were still wanted to sacrifice to them. And then another group comes in, stirs up this crowd that was just about to sacrifice to them, saying, you're gods. And then they, they stoned Paul. Really, it's the brutal thing, left them for dead. It was understood that Paul was dead. And then, and then they dragged them outside. And you think about the, the spot that you're in, if you're Paul in that situation. You've just gone from persecuting Christians and being in an okay spot to following what Jesus is saying, that my burden is light, but this burden is not extremely light, at least what it appears to be. In fact, it's way heavier. And then it, it's, it, it, it says that they thought he was dead. And I imagine this is, this is at least I, when I read, I get so inspired because you, you see a man, he's on the ground and he's left for dead. And there's people like circling around him, right? We've seen the movie scene that the people are circling around. Is he dead? He's dead. And then he opens his eyes. I picture him, help, get somebody helping him get up. And they're thinking, Hey, let's get this guy back outside. And he dusts off his clothes and he goes back into the city where he was just stoned to preach again. That's a heavy weight to put on. At least that's what it appears to be. I think, I think Paul, he, he talks more about it a little bit later and we'll, we'll get into some of the, some of the reasons, uh, some of the reasons why this weight was not so, so light or so heavy for him. Um, but I, this morning, uh, I, I just want to ask, how easy is your weight and what are you doing with it? What are you, the, the weight that we all feel, do you feel like you're at ease right now? Do you feel truly at peace or is there some kind of dissonance? If, if you're carrying burdens of deceit, confusion, faithlessness, mistrust, please know you are carrying a load that is way heavier than one that you would take up following Jesus. I, I remember the, the first, but this wasn't the first time, certainly, but I remember it in, in college what it felt like to, I, cause I had became a, a Christian and lived a Christian life for a little bit of time. And then I, I got caught up, not necessarily with a bad scene, but just with a scene that I couldn't deal with. Uh, I started drinking and partying. And, um, then I went to college kind of with all of this stuff here that I would show up to church every Sunday, but I certainly did not live like a Christian. I would try to read my Bible a little bit, but there was just no power in, in me reading it. I was not open about what was going on. I was really, I was relatively good at just being pretty deceitful and saying the right answers. And I remember time and time again, I, I would, I've lied many times to people asking me, what am I doing this weekend? And I, I, but I remember the feeling, the first Saturday that I could remember. And it was, it, it was kind of, it was a crisp, like springish Saturday that I, I felt so clear-headed. 
because I didn't drink the night before. And I, there was this, this shame that I had been feeling that I know that I have one foot in and one foot out. And what am I doing with my life that I no longer felt? Because I knew, man, no, this is what, this is what it's all about. This, this burden that I had been carrying for a series of years, I was able to just give up right then and there. This burden, uh, there, there was a lack of shame. There's a clear headedness. There was an earnestness that knows that I, I actually am doing what the Bible tells me. I'm not living an inauthentic life. It's the coolest thing. Here's, here's the, my, my second point, and it's going to connect to this bit in Acts and communicates, I hope, why Paul and what Jesus means when he says, my, my burden is easy. It's in 2 Corinthians 11. So this is Paul talking, uh, Paul writing the second time to a church who seemed to be in the midst of, of changing some of their ways. They, they, I mean, both of these letters, the Corinthian letters are, are difficult to read in some ways. You wonder how, uh, just their worship and stuff. Maybe you, you even have questions as well. How, how come he still calls them brothers and sisters? It's pretty intense stuff. But now, now Paul is talking and he's, Basically, he's kind of laying down, so there was false prophets that were coming in and saying X, Y, and Z, and he's saying, okay, I'm going to have to defend myself, uh, and, and this is how I'm going to do it. I hate doing this, and you can read it, and he, it, he I mean, he's in multiple times, he says, hey, I'm being very foolish by saying this, um, but here, here's, here's what he says here. He needs to basically share his credentials. Um, we'll pick up in, in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 11. This is going to communicate what what this burden, why is it so light? And I, I think the reality is that if we are going to seek rest, we have to seek rest that lasts. That's my second point, rest that lasts. It says, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. It's intense stuff. Here we go. What, whatever anyone else draw, dares me or dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder. This is the point I want to get. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. We just read about that one. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led to sin? 
and I do not inwardly burn. You can almost read the pressure that is that is built into what he is saying. I don't know, in all honesty, if I could check any one of these boxes. I bet you the only one is the daily pressure for the churches that I, I do feel, and, and not even for all the churches that Paul felt, but for different churches in, in Milwaukee and Madison and, and where my family is and in the midpoint and, and here. Uh, he says, man, I, this happened and this happened and this happened, and if you're working with me, this doesn't seem like a light load. And yet Paul is saying that I don't even feel weak. I don't inwardly burn. I'm doing okay. What I would say is that, that Paul's focus is on something eternal. He's focused on eternal rest and internal security and not on what is going on directly in front of his face. We, we, if we're going to follow what this passage teaches, what this passage of scripture that says that our, our burden is light, then we have to understand what we're looking for. We are not looking for a life on earth that is easy. That's not what a light burden is. Jesus is saying, no, the, the, the life on earth is in some ways going to be more difficult, but there's a freedom that comes from it. And on the last day, it is going to be totally worth it. But you and I have to know what we are looking for. I'm not, I'm not very good at, at looking for stuff. Bianca has to give me exactly what I'm looking for. And I, I've, there's been so many times where maybe it's happened to you guys, but I'm like, Hey, where's the chips or something like that? They're in the cupboard and I'll go to the cupboard and won't find the chips and I'll come back. What do they look like? And, and, but for you and I, we have to understand what we're looking for. We, we have to look for something eternal. And so when I say the word peace, when I say the word rest, I want to challenge our minds to go to some place that's way more spiritual and way less physical. And certainly there's times where that means turning on a football game or just breathing or being on a beach. Yeah, I, I hear it. But way more so, we ought to seek and look after something that is going to last for all eternity. There's this scripture here, and then we'll close up and, and sing a song as we prepare our hearts for communion. Then Spencer's going to come up and, and share communion. It's in John 16. This is Jesus right before he's about, you, you can listen or you can turn if you want, right before he's really about to go to the cross and he's talking to his closest people. He just says in verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so you and I, as we say that we're going to follow Jesus, or we're, maybe you're making the decision to follow Jesus and you're trying to count the cost. And certainly if you count the cost and you say, well, there's all of this stuff that, that I would take up versus a lot more stuff, really. There's a lot more pressure. There's a chance, you know, we could, we could get persecuted for our faith at some point and, and whatever. You're saying all of that stuff. If you're just looking and you're weighing the scales and it's just on this earth, I would say, I personally would say the scales still weigh on, weigh very heavily that it's way more heavier to live a life not Christian. But you could think that, no, that's not necessarily true. And I've been there too at different points. But I, I would challenge you to think about the eternal and think about the decision that you would make for the rest of your life and not just a right now thing, but something that is going to give you peace that lasts forever and not just the next 80 years. Amen.
love you guys. I want to welcome the song song leaders to come up. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save my souls.